Now then, we translate all the time. If we refuse to translate, refuse to listen to what other people have to say to us, whichever language it is in, we're not living as fully as human beings as we could be. The words there of Professor David Bellos of Princeton University, who has a huge number of accolades to his name, and it's a wonderful privilege to celebrate our 26th anniversary here at TBS to bring in Professor Bellos. Good morning to you from Seoul. Good morning, Phil. And, I mean, this whole subject of translation has been at the forefront because of Han Gang's The Vegetarian winning the Man Booker International Prize, and we had the privilege of speaking with her translator, Deborah Smith, on this show. But you got there a few moons ago with uh, the work by Ismail Kadare, uh, and it, it was actually a translation that you did almost third-hand. Can you tell us a bit about that? The Man Booker International Prize was a little different in those days when it was first awarded in 2005 to Ismail Kadare. Uh, Ismail uh, has been translated by several different translators, uh, some working directly from the Albanian and others like myself working from the French translation. Um, there were special reasons for working from the French. Um, uh, as you know, uh, Albania was a very strange country, and uh, Kadare um, was very lucky to also be published in French and to be translated into French by a close friend of his, uh, and he supervised the French editions quite closely and in many cases regarded the French editions as closer to what he wanted to say than what had actually been published in Albania. Um, so that was the real reason why... Uh, some of his novels came in via the French rather than direct from Albanian. And I was lucky and privileged enough to be uh, the translator of some of them. And so that's why um, uh, I, I was named, I got the translator's award when Ismail got the, uh, the first Man Booker International Prize for the whole of his work. But this year, the Man Booker International Prize has gone into a new mode. It's now a different kind of prize. And it's a prize for the best novel appearing in English uh, in the preceding year that was originally written in another language. And it's Han Kang, who was the unanimous choice of the, of the jury. When you were judging this, though, and you were on the panel for uh, the prize that went to Han Kang, how much of the credit do you feel has to go to Deborah Smith, the, the translator who brought this to life in English? Well, the, the, uh, the conception of the prize, which is also my conception of the way things work, is that w when there is an outstanding work of literature that becomes an outstanding work in English translation, the credit goes to the author and to the translator equally. And so the prize is for both the translator and for the author. But creatively speaking, d does the translator also share... Uh, equal moral credit. I mean, regardless of prize money and so on, Han Gang obviously created the vegetarian. But then again, as you suggested with French and Albanian, th th there can be a, such a difference in languages that there must be a whole new creative process involved. Well, the creative process that the translator brings to the work is of a different order from what the author brings to it. But the two work together to produce a translated work that is of literary merit. Um, 
I think you can go around the houses forever arguing as to which is the more important. They're both important, and they both share in the achievement and in the glory. But I know our own writing team here on our show, they, they have to do a lot of everyday translation, uh, and sometimes it's not straightforward turning Korean into English. Uh, for example, we have our segment on this show, Daily Voice, in which we will have people from all walks of life sharing some of their concerns and frustrations. And, you know, that will only be a minute or two long, but it can take half a day to decide exactly what they were trying to say in a different language. How can you make those difficult calls as a translator when you're dealing with literature? Those calls are difficult. And th that is indeed the task of the translator is to make those calls. Every translation is a sequence of judgments and decisions because there is no one right way to do it, but there's only uh, a, a best way, a better way to do it. Uh, and you have to wait until you found it. And as you say, sometimes you can spend a, a whole morning on just one little term or one reference. Um, I don't Korean myself, but uh, obviously it's a language very distant from English, and I imagine that the kinds of changes and rethinking you have to do to get it into English are really quite complex and quite multidimensional. And I, you know, I, I have immense admiration for people who work from these more uh, distant languages. I just work from French, which really is very easy. Um, I mean, you know, uh, French is really just a funny way of speaking English, if you see what <laughs> I mean, when you compare it to the difference between English and Korean or English and Chinese. Um, so how do you do it? Well, you have to know your own language, your English language, and what you can do with the English language very well indeed. I mean, a translator is a writer in the target language. And at the same time, you have to have, well, you either have to have or be willing to acquire or be willing to spend a lot of time finding out all the different things that the original does mean or might mean or could mean. Is it helpful to be translating into your own native language or is it better, do you think, the other way or, or doesn't it matter? Uh, the conventional view in the West is that it matters a great deal and that the only language you should ever translate into is your dominant language, your, your L1. You know? I don't like using the term mother tongue, but that's what it is and that's what people call it, uh, simply because that is the language that you can manipulate the best, the most naturally, and where you know the boundaries better than you do when going into another language. Um, uh, that hasn't always been the conventional view. Um, uh, in the Soviet Union, they did it the other way around. They, they thought it was better to translate from the language you know best into a, a learned language. Uh, but that, that is a very much a minority view in the world today. So, Deborah Smith, someone who hadn't actually spent time in Korea, who managed to pick up Korean from afar, did that not raise any sort of suspicion in your mind, even if you admired the work, that maybe the original wasn't being perfectly captured? Oh, uh, that's not quite true. Deborah Smith started learning Korean 
uh, from afar, but I believe she went to Korea for a year or two. But but um, it wasn't it wasn't an extensive background. I mean, I, I, I've spent six years in Korea. I couldn't yeah. <laughs> I couldn't possibly begin to have confidence in in actually uh, suggesting that the original vegetarian is the vegetarian as we see it in Korean. Although many people have told me that it is, so that's reassuring. But surely you've got to spend more than a year or two in a country to have a full grasp of the language. You never have a full grasp of the language, not even your own. I mean, I keep on learning English. Even though I'm 70 years old, I come across things I didn't know yesterday. Um, language is something you're always learning and always inventing as you go along. Uh, but um, I, 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 I'm, uh, secondly, some people, and Deborah Smith is obviously among them, are just very good at it. Mm. Um, uh, you know, it's like with athletes. Some people just run faster than others. Um, but thirdly, uh, as I'm sure she told you when you spoke to her, she had the very good fortune to be in touch with Han Kang herself, and Han Kang has quite a sophisticated knowledge of English, so they could communicate uh, about the translation, and Han Kang could, and I believe did, uh, help Deborah Smith with things that were obscure to her and that she needed to learn. So there was a, a collaboration. It sounds from... Uh, both from the result and from what I've heard from the two of them, that it was a very happy and fruitful collaboration. Well, we uh, that isn't always the case between translators and authors, but in this case it seems to have been very productive. Well, the fruit also came in the form of the award that you were involved in handing out, so uh, the, the proof is in that particular <laughs> pudding. But I mean, you've actually shared a fair bit of advice in Is That a Fish in Your Ear? Uh, a book on translation. Uh, but you are currently writing a book about Victor Hugo and Les Miserables. And I, I think that's a, a fascinating area of translation in itself because there are numerous translations and a lot of divided opinion from lovers of Les Miserables as to which one is best. Uh, that's surely an example of, of this being fairly subjective. No, it's not an example of it being subjective. It's an example of the difficulty um, of bringing a work of that scale and scope into English. Um, uh, the translation of Les Miserables into English as a novel uh, has a long and, and difficult history. Um, its first English translation in the 19th century, uh, uh, which came out very quickly, uh, within six months of the novel appearing, was uh, an absolute disaster uh, because it was translated by a military historian who thought he knew full well what happened at Waterloo and corrected Victor Hugo on his mistaken mm -hmm. views of history um, and also cut passages and so forth. It was quite a, a disastrous thing, whereas in America it was translated uh, much better by a much more um, uh, sophisticated and learned person. So the British and the American Les Miserables uh, have actually diverged ever since then in, in quite large ways. Um, in the UK, the actual full text of Les Miserables in English, in the right order, with nothing put in appendices or cut out, uh, didn't actually hit the bookstalls until 2007. It's amazing, isn't it? That although it was a much-loved book over 150 years, in Britain you couldn't actually read all of it in the right order uh, throughout that time. Um, there is a new translation into English that uh, Penguin brought out a couple of years ago, 2013, I think, um, that is now available in both America and in Britain. And at least for the time being, that is the 
the best available. Uh, it's also the most scholarly. The, is that the um, Christine Doniger uh, version? That's right. Yeah, yes, the, the Christine Doniger, yeah. And that is under the title The Wretched as well, which seems to even go as far as translating the title, uh, as if to well, suggest that yes, uh, it wants to be more that, accurate. It's quite interesting. The first American translation also had the title The Wretched. Oh, interesting. So it, it, it's, got a, it's got a history, but it's true that between 1863 and 2013, it was always known as Les Miserables in both countries. Um, but the, the title, The Wretched, is only used for the UK edition now. Mm. In the United States, the Christine Donner translation appears again as Les Miserables. So it goes back and forth. I mean, after all, Les Miserables belongs to a very small set of books, um, or films that uh, keep their original titles in English translation. Well, thank so we you. We don't do it for most. No, of it's it, 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 it goes to show how iconic it is. And best of luck with your current publication. I know you've already got work in Korean language as well, Professor Bellos. So maybe your work on Le Miserable also come out to us here. I do hope so very much. Yes. And, and I hope the translators do a good job for you, Professor David Bellos. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for listening to me. Bye-bye. Professor Bellos from Princeton University, but also a renowned translator, maybe inspire you in your own work. I know we have quite a few translators based here in Korea. You can get in touch by email, efmthismorning at gmail.com.